I felt guilty. Oof. I felt guilty mm. for like making a paycheck off of stuff I absolutely love. It almost felt like unnatural. Like it yep. felt too good to be true. Mm. So that that's my work now. Accepting this beautiful life and knowing that it's it is beautiful mm. and know that the other shoe isn't gonna drop. Like really feeling secure and content and happy and just drinking it in. Mm. That's that's another that's another type of work, but it's yeah. enjoyable work. Welcome to the Feeling Free Podcast. My name is Ben Harris, also known as the Fear Guy. My job is to help you feel more free in your life with love and relationships, self-worth, and much more. I'm happy you're here. I love you. I believe in you. Let's break free from fear together. I'm excited for today's episode with none other than Wesley Christensen. She has her own podcast, which you might already know, which is Wake Up With Wesley, which has quickly blown up. And it's because Wes is one of the most genuine people. Like you can relate to her. You feel like you know her. She just radiates love and is just beaming. So I know a lot of you are excited for this episode. So let's go. Wesley, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Ben. <laughs> Why are you good? Well, I just talked to you for an hour. <laughs> I feel like I just, you know, like I, I, know. I feel like I was the lucky one. Like I, mm -hmm. I broke the ice with you. Mm -hmm. You had the harder job. We were cold no. calling before. No, this is good. Like I am, I feel, yeah, I feel really good. Like, <laughs> like look how I'm just chilling. You are. You're pretty comfy. I'm pretty comfy. Yeah. Like seriously, I love, <laughs> I really do love this Anyway, I'm just saying I just love like the vibe of like the room and the studio you record in um, just because like it, it changes it changes the feeling. So okay. anyway, that's what I'm saying. But yes, we just recorded um, for your um, for your podcast. How did I'm curious, was Wake Up With Wesley always a thing or did you just think of that or how long has that existed? Oh, it was a it it was never a thing. Okay. Even when I started, I bought the equipment to start a podcast. Uh -huh. I didn't have a name. I started recording my friends and like mm -hmm. Bronson, my husband, mm -hmm. and I did a solo episode thinking like maybe this is just for me. I'll see if I like this. And up until we had a dead deadline, we wanted to start January 1st because it was a Wednesday. So I mm -hmm. wake up with Wesley on Wednesdays and I was uh... like, January 1st is the first Wednesday of 2020. And if you listen to my first episode, I'm like, 2020 is it. It's going to be mm -hmm. the best year of our lives. And mm. I'm like laughing, listening <laughs> back. I'm like, we, I had no idea. We had uh -huh. no idea what 2020 was going to bring. But no, it was not an idea mm. until two days before I had to register it on Apple. I still didn't have it. It was name. two days before? Mm -hmm. No name. It was crazy. That is crazy. I know. Does it surprise you how successful it is? Yes. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. Ben, I choose to ignore it. Do you not, so do you, what do you mean? So do you not check your stats or do you check your stats? I check them for the ad people because they're like, what? what's this number? What's this number? And I'm okay. like, oh my God. It just kind of freaks uh -huh. me out. The more listeners, the more I'm like, oh shit. Mm. This is a wide audience. And I think that it's 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 a little bit of my own stuff coming up because I'm like mm -hmm. I want I want my nature is to make everyone happy. Yes, what we which we kind of just talked about. Yeah, on, on your podcast. But you can't make everyone happy when you got <laughs> so many listeners, thousands and thousands mm -hmm. of listeners. You can't. You just can't do it. I know. So I'm learning how to how to sit in that. Mm hmm. So like you, and like what I wanted. Like you said, like we came in here, like, you, I don't know what I'm going to ask you. You don't have notes. I'm like, nope. Like, I just know how like this is going to go. Because when I was, you know, doing my reconnaissance, like look, 
like listening to a bunch of things is you said one time that you lived your life 26 years in fear. Mm-hmm. Then earlier today, you said 33. Uh-huh. Which one? <laughs> or both? Tw- okay, here's here's the truth. <laughs> 26 years in white knuckling fear. Uh, and then probably five okay. loosening that grit. Okay, I like And that. then this is the first year where I'm like, all right. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of standing cool. on my own own two feet. Feels good. That That is really cool. Like, so... And again, like, I think this is really important. I, we've already talked about this, but I wanted to ask you about this is when you released. So on on your podcast, when you talk about your your spiritual growth and I like how you talk about it in the in the sense of it's not like you were completely changing your mind and then like damning this old way of living that you used to do. And then you're just like completely shifting. Mm-hmm. I like how you how do you say it? I say expansion, expansion. I expanded my faith. Which I love that. So that was like the scariest one I've I, I've uh-huh. ever released. And it was m- recently. It was in a month, within a mm-hmm. month of now. And yeah, it was really scary because where we live and all of my loved ones and my friends. And if for the listeners who don't know, I was raised Mormon, which mm-hmm. 90% of the population here in Utah, where we're both from, mm-hmm. we are. And, and it's just a way of life. Like it crosses state boundaries. It crosses school boundaries. Like it's just the way you do life here. And mm-hmm. and when I really sat down and started this, this deep, I began to know myself at 26 and release the fear so at 26. I love this. And what, so release the fear, like how did you begin to release it? I started asking myself what I wanted. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, keep going because I wanted to ask you about this. I think, and then was this also what you like wrote down what you believed? Yep. Was that the same thing? Yes. Will you tell everyone about this? Because this, so like norm, I think most humans, I don't think you got this idea from, it was just like inspired within you, right? Yeah. It was just inspired within me. And then I was watching Netflix like four months later and Marie Kondo was doing this thing. (laughs) She was like cleaning out a closet and Uh she was like, hold these items that you've kept for all these years, hold Mm. them up to you. And if they spark joy, you keep them. And then the ones that you don't, you let go. And I was like, holy shit, that's what I've been (laughs) doing with my beliefs for the last four months. I was like, there was something in the cosmos. Like, but that Uh came out at the same time, but that's what I was doing quietly by myself, I didn't tell a soul. My husband barely knew. He was working a mm. lot. But what happened was, I mean, my story. Do you want to hear my story? Should I tell your listeners a little bit of the story? Yeah, for sure. Of course. So <laughs> I'm just a normal person, man. I'm just, I grew up yeah. normal. There's, mm. a, there's unique parts of my childhood. I went to 11 mm. different schools. So I moved around more than the average kid. That was, that was unique to me. Another unique thing was mm-hmm. I got pregnant at 19. Yep. My husband and I were married and we had our first child at 20 we were both barely 20 mm-hmm. i had my second kid just right after three kids before i'm 26 and like i said i was white knuckling my life through fear like oh my gosh what do we do we're married now we have a family yeah. now i gotta act like a mom i gotta be a wife and i just was doing what everyone told me i should do and and i loved my family i loved my kids i loved being a mom someone doing like the family was like doing what people told you to do I wanted that. That's one mm. thing I wanted. Okay. But just the way that we lived our life. Like my my husband, he's a creative and yeah. he did not thrive in a nine to five. But I was like, no, you have to have a nine to five. We have three did kids. Did you actually say it? Tell him that? Yes. 
He was like, I think I want to start a, a clothing company. I was like, mm. hell no. With what money? What time? Mm. Like we were on food stamps. We had nothing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's a nice dream. It's not attainable for us right now. Like, like look at our lives. Like, Did you we, ask your parents for help or were you just legit? We had never received a dollar from either one of our parents. And that was pride on my part. I would uh. not. And I think because we, I got pregnant mm -hmm. and everyone around us was like, you're irresponsible yeah. and da, 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 da. And you're going to have to change your life. It, uh -huh. The deepest part of me was like, I'm going to prove to you. I'm yeah. not going <laughs> to ask any one of you for uh -huh. help. But we, I mean, they did help us in, in many ways. Like we would become homeless <laughs> randomly, live in their basements. They would feed us uh -huh. dinner, but never once we did we ask for a dollar. I mean, never. That's pretty cool. It was. I'm actually like really proud of it because mm -hmm. we hustled. But it was a hustling that was not in alignment with who we were because I was so scared. Mm -hmm. because, because life was always such a struggle that we got into that like, that it was just the way life was like life was hard and the next year was harder. And then even when my husband would get a better job, it was like the same hard. Even when we finally made oh, money, it was like, it just was the pattern. So, struggle. Okay. Oof, Wes, I love that. So you said it's the same hard. It was the same hard. Have different we talked day. about this before? No, I really like this. So the same hard. So what does that mean? The same hard for me was never having enough. Mm -hmm. always worried about what was coming, mm -hmm. never feeling secure, and always physically moving, never being in one place, never planting roots. And I hated it, and mm. I continued to do it for years and years and years and Man, years. I love this. Even why Why do you, looking back at it now, why did you keep doing that? It was all I knew. Mm -hmm. It was It was how I lived. I knew that life is hard. Mm. Life is a struggle. Were you told that? Or yes. did you just, yes. and then you saw it, so you recreated yes, it. Yes, I recreated okay. it, even though I hated it. I still <laughs> yeah. recreated it. I yeah. didn't know another way. Uh -huh. And then with beliefs and, and you throw in kids and souls and God. <laughs> and, and, souls and, God. And, and you are scared uh -huh. shitless. Mm -hmm. I was 26, three kids, poor as dirt, scared shitless mm -hmm. with a husband who is a dreamer and a risker. And I'm like, oh, I am terrified. <laughs> oh, even your voice. Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm so scared. It was so uh -huh. scary. But like, were um, you scared that you were just going to run out of money or like all the time? Okay. All the time we were just on the last last few dollars of the paycheck month after month, year mm. after year. And and a lot of personal things happened right around the 25, 26, 27 age range where I think I just hit my bullshit limit <laughs> and, and my husband too. Uh -huh. We both hit our personal rock bottoms at the exact same time. I Which just- pretty cool. It was looking back such a blessing. Yeah. Because- That's rare it, for it, both people to hit that. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was perfect because when you're at rock bottom, I don't know if how many of your listeners have been at rock bottom, <laughs> but you almost need to like isolate. Maybe not need to, but it's just what comes natural. Like you like just go into your little shell, you feel it. And we separated at that time because his life was a shit show. My life was a shit and show. Is that when he moved? Yeah, he moved okay. to LA or no, 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 no. He moved to San Diego hmm. and I stayed in Utah and I was like, I am just in suffering and pain and I don't think any of this life is mine. And he was in suffering and pain and he didn't feel like any of his life was his. He actually was mm. addicted to doctor prescribed Adderall. So he took it, yeah. he, had, he had ADD and the doctor gave it to him. I was totally on board and he accidentally overdosed when my youngest was three months old. I saw it, I and was there. So, so you were or were not separated? We weren't at that time. Okay, okay. So I saw that and I had been telling him for me for a year, like, yo, 
this is written on the wall. This is terrible mm-hmm. for you. Like you are not you. And he was like, now him speaking to me about it. He was like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like that's how I thought that w- that was the only way that I could provide for the family. Like me doing that, me, me, my body becoming dependent on that chemical substance that was doctor prescribed was how I provided for the family. If I stopped, I couldn't make money. We had so, three kids. And- because he was providing because of where just to like function and make money uh-huh okay yeah. provide okay provide and i was a stay-at-home mom we didn't have a second income so he was like what what else are we gonna do if i'm off mm. this i can't i can't show up to work and hit that was his fear speaking and and a lot of his false ideas about himself but it just created this divide within both of us that was in my opinion at that time irreparable i was like this mm. this the trust is gone this family that I love, it is broken. There's no going back. Wow. So he moved to California. I stayed in Utah. And I too was going through a crazy rock bottom. I was suffering with, it's called, um, well, I, I think I had, what is it called when you're depressed after you have a baby? Oh, postpartum. postpartum. So I had, I was dealing with postpartum and then I had body dysmorphic disorder, mm-hmm. which is just a wild mental. I, I literally did not see myself when I looked in the mirror. It was like horrific. Yeah, that's, that's wild. It was so weird. Is that like, because I know that's a thing because I've heard more about that. But is that related to like the pregnancy too? Or is that something completely different? I think it was tipped off by pregnancy, stress, lack of sleep, just all the, the trauma yeah. and, and years Honestly, Ben, years of just hating myself, Mm. years of it, it it came up and erupted like a volcano. Like all of a sudden I was in this shit fest of a life (laughs) with three kids I couldn't even provide for. My husband just accidentally overdosed. We were separating. And then I looked in the mirror and saw not me looking at myself. Like what were you, can you remember what were you looking oh, at? Oh, I can see it clear as day. I looked and it would morph too. It would look like I was a scary guy from Beetlejuice or like just huh. A me but distorted a distorted version of myself like have you ever been to a carnival and you look in a mirror like those wonky mirrors yeah. and you just you can tell it's you but it's not you hmm. it's like I disassociated myself from myself I honestly think it was like a spiritual awakening for me yeah. because I was so disconnected with who I was that it manifested physically for me like mental like mental illness body dysmorphic disorder is like a, a mental illness hmm. and I was so afraid to tell anyone what was happening to me because mm-hmm. I, for one, I would be judged. Yeah. And and two, I thought that they could take my kids away. Like Not I thought really. I'd be like sent to the Looney Tune if I if I <laughs> told people like, yo, yeah. I see a monster when I see myself in the mirror. I'm not well. So I didn't tell anyone for about a year until it kind of was getting better. And I was like, hey, like I'm not seeing myself in the mm. mirror. And even then they were like, what do you mean? You're beautiful. What? Yeah. What do you, you know? But I, yeah, only probably five years later, I finally was like, that was gnarly, like crazy rock bottom for me. And it, so you're so you're 26. So how long were you and Bronson apart? We were separated for probably four months. And then where were you living at that time? My parents' okay. house. And then how old was your youngest? She was six. Yep. Yeah, she was six. So I had a six-year-old, three-year-old, and then a newborn baby. Okay, okay, okay. And, and Bronson was living away and he would come and visit and it would be good. He totally got mm. healthy and clear. He was off the prescription medications and he was back. He was like vibrant. He was wow. living in his, in his like, I could tell he was himself and he was yeah. whole. But I was so wounded. I was so pissed. I was so in my own shit <laughs> that I was like not uh-huh. wanting to see that. 
I didn't want to believe that he was good. Really? Oh, no. I was mad. Have, a woman scorned? Ben? <laughs> I was pissed. Scorn. I was pissed. Scorn of a woman. Off. The name of your second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was pissed. I was unwilling oh. to see his healing because oh. I wasn't healed. Wow, I love this. Okay, so, man, that's that's beautiful. But, like, also, that's such, like, a... It's painfully that's beautiful. Real. It's, like, yeah. accurate, right? It's just yeah. accurate. So, so this is... So I want to come back to you, but like for him. So were you ever thinking like about him hoping like or trusting or was it you were just so much in your pain? You didn't really think about anything else. I was uh, there was uh, I was one foot in the door and one foot out of the mm. door. And I, I did that kind of in my mind looking back as like a like a fail, like a safety net, because if I if I fully like loved him then I was I, I was guarding my heart I didn't want to be hurt yeah. again and and I had been hurt before and I was like I just can't go hurt back. from him or just what life, life. just hurt from life okay. hurt from it felt like a betrayal like because he just it was like what we talked about on my podcast mm -hmm. I felt like my opinion didn't matter because yeah. I was like I don't like this I'm not comfortable with this and he was like well I'm doing it anyways mm -hmm. and I was just like there's no going back okay, for me okay. but he, he he would come back and he was better and he and he was like just what are we doing we love our family we love mm. these kids let's just give it one more shot and so i was like all right i'll give it one more shot cool. the whole time planning like okay i'm gonna milk this for a year <laughs> and i'm bouncing you, were you really you were... oh 100 i tell him all the time i was like i was using you in my mind in so you my tell him now but not at that time no not at that time <laughs> i was like you. i was 100 just gonna huh. buy some time and then get the hell out of dodge because i was not stoked i was not stoked but in that year, we moved to San Clemente, California, uh -huh. and I it was like a little healing hub. Mm -hmm. And in this place, in San Clemente, he worked long hours. I was alone with the kids. I didn't have any of my people from my life, my no family members, no friends. I was alone. And this was such a gift for mm -hmm. me. And people are afraid of being alone a lot, right? Like, like you're, people are scared to feel yeah. lonely. They're scared to feel isolated. I was alone in this house with only children who wouldn't talk back to me. And I started to dissect my thoughts and my beliefs. And I felt so unwell within myself. And we didn't have resources. Like I said, we were always dirt poor, living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. I didn't have the luxury to call a therapist. Mm. I, we'd, I feel like we didn't even have health insurance at that time. Like I couldn't even go to a doctor. <laughs> so I was like, this is on wow. you. You better get busy, get on YouTube, read some books, start journaling. I just used the resources that I had during nap time. And wow. I started writing down what I believed. And when I started doing that, it, it's mm -hmm. maybe one of the most powerful practices I've ever no, done this in my life. Needs, this needs to be, a, you were talking about physical products because you know, you're, you're selling merch. This <laughs> needs to be something. <laughs> it does? For real. So like, so please describe like, like everything, like, like, tell me like, what would you write? Was it just like, I started one day and it wasn't a thought, but I, I could feel it. It was stirring inside of me. I was like something about the way I present myself and the way I actually am is mm. disconnected. I could realize that, That's but cool. I didn't know what it was. So I thought the only way that I could figure it out was to examine my beliefs. So I started with family what do i believe about my family that's so cool what do i believe about what it means to be a mother and like do you remember do you still have this notebook yeah i have it it's like one of my most prized possessions yeah i was gonna say damn like but okay like so what would it say so i would say what i believe being a mother is mm -hmm. is it's just a relationship between me and my kid 
And then I would look at like how I was acting and I, I recognized that I was acting in a way that society told me I should behave as a mother. I mm-hmm. should be doing arts and crafts and I should be making homemade meals and, and have them look really cute. <laughs> and I didn't give a shit about that stuff. Uh. But I would do it because society tells me that that's, that's the, a way to be a good mother. And, and when I did that stuff, with my kids, I just felt like tired and worn out and like, when is this over? Am I like check mark, good mom, am I done? <laughs> but when I, uh-huh. so I recognized that, I wrote it down and I just started being like, cool. okay, the relationship is all that matters. I just wanna have like fun with my kids today. And and I worked on just the relationship and the other bullshit fell to the wayside. Like my kids don't need to do arts and crafts with me. And I'm okay with that. Like that's not how we connect. Mm-hmm. And then I did that same thing with my husband. Mm. And then, and then I looked at our family structure and then I expanded and I went into religion and that was a big one. Cause I, mm-hmm. I realized that not a lot of my, myself, my true authentic self was in alignment with the organization that I was raised in. And I was like, what, if this isn't in alignment, my life is a, is, is a, I'm a fraud. Mm. I'd built my life upon this. And, and that was a big one to dissect, but it went like a layer cake. Every single day I, I just added it. a layer of what's true to me, what's not true to me. And and I sifted and sorted until, I mean, it was months. Until I had a nice little list of like, wow. this is what I believe. That's so cool. Like, I'm not sure what you call it, like a belief journal, but- <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know, I don't know what that, I don't know if that exists, but I, that's beautiful. And the fact that you've found that on your own, like most people, and now it's like a popular thing, to find out like what are my limiting beliefs right which is amazing and like that's what i help people do right but it's like why i love this is because like sometimes what i tell clients is like i'm going to show you how you don't need me yeah right and so i love like this is like it's very empowering of just like i love it. it's so simple too of what do i believe okay is my reality mirroring congruent? that yeah mirroring that mm-hmm. and then if no then he was okay, I will dress it this way. I I talk about it like it, it was like cleaning out a junk drawer. Mm. Like shit got real. Like it got messier. Like you clean out a junk drawer, right? You dump it out on the counter <laughs> and there is just stuff everywhere. And you're mm-hmm. like, what? It, half of it is trash. I'm like, why are there gum wrappers in here? Why is there old <laughs> broken pencils? Yeah. Like what is going on? So you sift it and it and it gets way, 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 way worse and bigger and messier. But then the process of like, cleaning it up and putting it back into the junk drawer and you organize mm. it and then you have slots and containers <laughs> and you're like okay like it feels mm-hmm. good then you shut the drawer and you move on to a cabinet <laughs> and it never stops and, and what's the cabinet <laughs> then it then it gets fun mm. for that like after the sifting and the sorting part is over for me for me at least i started to build up the things i liked like i got oh. rid of the the stuff that wasn't working for me and then it left all of a sudden I had space for like time and energy for things that I was interested in. Cool. And I realized I love learning about stuff. I love learning new ideas. I love I love reading books. I love hanging out with my friends and I love doing retreats. And mm-hmm. I didn't know this about myself before. I had no idea that this is what I even liked. Well, and what's really cool is how how did you have the foresight like when you're doing it cuz the cleanup is not fun. No. It's not. So did you did you know it was going to get better or was it just a divine force that just it 
you kept going? Like, do you know why you kept doing it? I was living it? on a prayer. There, I was at such a low that mm -hmm. I knew there was only up. <laughs> like, I was uh. like, it can't get much worse. Like, I'll just throw this at, at whatever I'm doing in hopes it would work. And it really worked. Cool. It really did. So, and, and I think that there's this thing with momentum. Like, when I yes. felt a little bit of, like, like ease, like a little mm. pressure was released, I could take a deep breath and it almost gave me energy to keep going and build that good feeling vibe. Like I became addicted to the good feeling vibes cool. and I wanted to add more and more and more of that in. And and it's been a while. It's been seven years now. I'm 33. Yeah. And it's been the craziest, wild, most freeing, most fun ride I've ever taken. Mm. It was hard in the moment. <laughs> Well, and like, yeah, that's, I love that. Seriously. Yeah. I might like, when I heard that, I was like, I might have to use this for clients and I'll just like give credit to Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> like, you use it. <laughs> if you come up with a title, let me know. I don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah. We'll do something with a notebook, but like, <laughs> um, or a journal or whatever. So earlier you were mentioning, I think this is such an important topic and this keeps popping in my head. Just again, like the same hard. And cause when you talked about momentum, um, momentum working in like a beneficial way that you like and then momentum also goes in a different way mm -hmm. of like the same hard looking back at it now how are you because I see this um, quite a bit that just the same hard like you were just familiar and addicted to suffering mm -hmm. and because you said even though you hated it like, because you mentioned earlier, life is hard. Life is a struggle. You hated it, but you still did it. It's all I knew how to do. I literally didn't know another way of being. And I will mm. tell you, too, that on the flip side, so, like, now, seven years later, like, the freeing feeling I have, I will have moments of being like, wait, like, life shouldn't be this nice. Well, and the same thing about what, be, between just our little break we just had, you said, with money. Oh, yeah. that money. You didn't realize money was so easy to make. I never knew. Mm -hmm. I never knew it was. It could be fun. <laughs> it could be yeah. exciting. It could be easy. A piece of me struggled with accepting and believing that it's easy because I'll tell you that the, the first time mm -hmm. I made my own paycheck, like mm -hmm. as like an adult woman, mm -hmm. not doing weird side jobs that I always did. I was always I was a singing waitress. I like <laughs> waxed people's legs. Uh -huh. I just did odd jobs my whole life. And when I started my podcast and I made my first money that was like money, mm -hmm. money, I was like, no way that this is mm -hmm. not possible. This is not possible to do something you absolutely love that mm -hmm. fills your cup that you enjoy that is serving you and serving others and you get paid. So Wesley, this is so different. I love that you're sharing this. Like, thank you, thank you. Because it's, right, it's such a cliche to like, do what you love and you'll never work in a day. But we don't talk usually about like what happens once that actually happens. I felt guilty. Oof. I felt guilty mm. for like making a paycheck off of stuff I absolutely love. It almost felt like unnatural. Like it yep. felt too good to be true. Mm. So that that's my work now. Accepting this beautiful life and knowing that it's, it is beautiful mm. and know that the other shoe isn't going to drop like really feeling secure and content and happy and just drinking it in mm. that's that's another that's another type of work but it's yeah. enjoyable work uh-huh so was it like was it from like a podcast sponsor was that your first it was yeah that was a big 
that that was exciting. I was like, wow, uh-huh. I have I have sponsors. But when uh-huh. I started selling goods, so when I started uh, selling the okay, hoodies, okay. and I sold out in like two minutes, uh-huh. and I thought that it was going to take me six months to sell out, <laughs> and I literally sold out in two minutes. What happened? Like I, wish I thought I had it that was recorded. a glitch. Yeah, I true. I I called Bronze. I was like, Bronze, the site's down. <laughs> I love that. And he's like, No, I think you sold out. And I was like, No, I there's no way. Mm. And he's like, no, there's nothing left in stock. Like the site's not down. And then I was like, oh shit, this, like, what do I do now? Like, wow. what does this mean for me? What, what does this mean? And it turns out it just means it's real fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love this so much, like, because uh, this is part of where self-sabotage comes in. And so why I'm really stoked and proud of you is that you didn't lean back into your area of comfort. Meaning mm-hmm. like, I'm not gonna sell anything again you know or just because it's like because i i'm not familiar with this feeling so i'm gonna go back to what i know that it comes up Mm. sometimes i have those thoughts like and it's never about this it's never about the conversations that i have but it's Mm -hmm. it's the i was telling ben earlier i'm like this thing the task cam like how to record (laughs) equipment like this Mm -hmm. is so out of my realm of of comfort that i'm like this part sucks of the job right Mm -hmm. like this is hard emailing sucks scheduling <laughs> sucks all that shit yeah. i hate but i'm like it's it's it, it pays off it's worth it but there are p- moments where i'm in the thick of that aspect of of my new life and of this this mm. joy that i get to do and create a podcast and speak to people like you mm-hmm. that that i'm like okay there are shitty parts it would be so easy to quit i mm. don't have to no one's asking me to do this I could just stop tomorrow. That mm-hmm. thought will come up like, mm. you know what? You could just not do this anymore. And you could just be a mom and just watch TV in the day like you used to. And that <laughs> kind of sounds nice sometimes. Uh, like not having people to answer to, having an open schedule. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. So why don't you do it? It doesn't fulfill me. It doesn't fulfill me. I feel like I'm doing something with my time doing this. And even if it helps no one but just myself, I feel like it's so. Worth when it. you say that, do you actually mean it? I in the beginning I did. I was like, this this might not be mm. for anyone. Now after I've been doing it ten months, <laughs> and uh-huh. I have just proof after proof, people DM me every single day saying, and and it's funny because I think they know me so well. Like I'm sure that you feel like this on your podcast. Mm-hmm. Like people are starting to know you, strangers. Yeah, it's they're starting it's cool, to but figure you out. At the same time, <laughs> it's kind of creepy, <laughs> yeah. but it's like it's cool. lovely. Uh-huh. And you have all these people who know you, and and I I sense that they can sense that I'm uncomfortable with the attention, and they'll mm-hmm. give me like little notes of encouragement, like keep going. It matters what you're doing. Mm-hmm. It matters. This feels good. I'm learning. I cool. I feel good on Wednesdays, and I'm like okay. <laughs> I'll keep going. Well, and what I love about that is is because you're coming at it from like a just like a very real like genuine, pure, almost like an innocence of like for you and like your brand and your podcast and just like you, like it's not it's not like you're trying. Is like you are genuinely doing it to like obviously for your enjoyment, like for your learning. I feel like there's no like agenda. There isn't. And which you know is, what? makes it really awesome. It kind of is hard though. Because all <laughs> the people like uh-huh. like we're talking about Tony Robbins and people yeah. who like 
the four hour work week everyone's like have a clear intention uh-huh. and my intention is like have fun <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'm doing week uh-huh. after week time after time even with you mm. i don't know what i'm doing I don't know how to be a podcaster. I don't know how to give or conduct an interview. <laughs> but I do know yeah. that it feels good when I connect with a person. Mm. So I just try to do that a little bit each and every time. And you know what? Sometimes it, it doesn't work out. Sometimes like <laughs> the chemistry isn't there. Yeah. And it's not on me and it's not on the other person. Mm-hmm. It's just a vibe thing. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's there and it, mm-hmm. you, it feels like you like knock it out of the park and it it's so fun that maybe that feeling is why I keep going. Maybe mm. that's my drug of choice. Mm. Chasing that like connection. Because I love that feeling. I love cool. feeling not alone or like I'm not the only crazy one. That that life is weird and hard and beautiful for, for all of us in mm. all stages of life. But it, it that's kind of why I keep showing up. I'm chasing that connection. I love that. And yeah, I don't think anything is wrong with like have fun. Mm-mm. I think that's why you've been successful and that's why you stand out. Oh, thanks. For sure. And do you, though, oh, there's something I was going to ask about. Damn, I forgot. It It was like when we were talking, I wanted to ask this question because I thought of it like when we were talking on, on your podcast about, oh, it's because when we were talking about how you sound so like, energetic and on point but then when people see you in a social setting oh yeah you're right yeah (laughs) you and i when you were talking i was Uh like you and i are the same human i Mm -hmm. totally get you it's it's people get to know me deeper on the podcast because i'm in my home i'm Mm -hmm. in my element i i'm entering like a conversation where i know even if you and i let's talk about you and i we didn't Uh we didn't say okay we're going to connect deeply and it's going to be great (laughs) it's going to be good but there was Uh you reached out i responded and within Mm -hmm. that there was an agreement that we're both going to show up which is cool right it was just like one yeah (laughs) yeah that is cool it's like trust like i built trust with you like you're Mm going to drive all the way out to my house and we're Mm going to do this thing and and i'm going to trust that you're going to be open and with that trust i'm going to be open and and we just can hope for the best. But in mm. my real life, I think that people people are like, oh, I saw Wesley and she's like quiet. Mm-hmm. She's like a hermit. I'm like very, I, I keep to myself and I have a very, very, very few people that I let in. But then I love everybody. Mm-hmm. Like I love everybody and I'm open and I'm bubbly. But like who I really choose to share my life with is a very, very, very select few. And it's just, I think it's because I, I love so big, so hard. You really so do. Have you always been, I assume you've been like, this is a natural state of yours. Mm-hmm. So when you were going through that rock bottom state, were you still like that? Were you trying to be that? I I could. For others instead of like, what was that experience like? I completely iced out everybody. Mm. I, that's my, that's my, that is like my scary drug of choice. I know I'm, mm-hmm. I'm dark when I am not answering my mom's phone calls, mm. when I'm not answering my best friend's phone calls. Like when I isolate and I get quiet, I am in the thick of it. And that was a lot of that year. But with my kids, if you asked them, was there ever a time that your mom was super sad or super off? They would say, no, nah, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like I faked it so good with them i could not (laughs) not fake it with them like i would self like i would not let them have a mom that was incapacitated on the couch so i would have my moments i cried a lot it Mm. was deep dark for me but 
but I kept it very private from them because they were so little and and I just I'm actually really proud of my ability looking back I was hard on myself in the moment Mm -hmm. looking back I can see how I just rallied for them as best I could even if it was fake it was fine like that's, that's what they cool. needed. I know. And I think people are like, oh, you're faking it. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you got to fake it. And then it, and then it like actually per- evokes real joy to come mm. through. Like you put a smile on your face long enough and you kind of actually really start to smile or you dance around with your kid enough. Then when they leave the room, you're still dancing. Mm. So it worked out well for me. I love that. And one thing I heard you say is that like as parenting as a mom is which I've learned and I love that you said this is like technically you're, I mean, you are their earthly mom mm-hmm. in this life, mm-hmm. but you're really not. Mm-hmm. And I think was that, I mean, I really want you to tell the experience of like what happened in the bath too. In the bath? Mm-hmm. My, I had the crazy Kundalini <laughs> experience. Well, was this because that's so cool? But like before <laughs> you get to that, like just how you view your kids as, just tell me, like, how do you view them? It's like, and you treat, it's like, you are you. You don't, it's yeah. like, yeah, you still have to put the mom hat on, but it's like, you are you. It's weird. I, I, Bronson and I do parenting different. Uh-huh. I realize that. I realize this is a stretch for, for, for a lot of people. <laughs> like, people uh-huh. get a little bit uncomfy when you talk about kids mm-hmm. and parenting. But we, we decided because there was shame in and around, not from me. And not from my husband, not from Bronson, mm-hmm. but in our community, the way that we got married, the way that I was pregnant before we got married, yeah, yeah. it was like a shameful thing. Like, oh, did you, it was gossipy and, and yeah. everyone talked about it. And did you hear she's three months pregnant and they're yeah. getting married she, and, yeah. and you know, the way life goes. Mm-hmm. And it just was, I knew that my kids would know and I could sense that wiser, older women around me were like before they were even old enough to, to, to know about it, they were like, well, what are you going to say about this? Are you going to kind of like prepping me on how are you going to explain this to your kids? And mm. my gut feeling, my gut instinct was to be like, I'm just going to tell them. I love that. And I'm not going to be ashamed about anything. Like that's cool. These little beautiful babies that we have. I, Zuri, she, she's our firstborn. Mm-hmm. She's the one who kicked off the whole deal. <laughs> she is the catalyst of, of our entire life. Like everything we have today is because that little girl decided to become into existence. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And she is such a wise little soul. I remember rocking her as a kid myself, not knowing how to care for myself, but caring for this baby and just deeply understanding that she would be okay because she was an individual. Like, like she came here with her purpose and I have my purpose and knowing Remy, Remy, our middle and Ozzy now, our, our youngest, they are so unique from one another. They are so different from Bronson and I. And I, I, it's it's an intuitive thing. I know that that we're just here to keep them safe and to help mm-hmm. them grow into the people that they they are meant to be. And they teach us more than we teach yes. them. And and I know that that flips the script for a lot of parents. But really, they they are here as my teacher, just as I'm here as their caretaker. But mm. I I. We have a mutual respect and we listen to them. That's so cool. Instead of telling them what to do, we ask their opinion on what they that. want to do. 
And for each kid, it's different. Like for for one kid that really works for another kid they totally take advantage so we yeah. we reel it back you uh-huh. know like we're not they're not carbon copies of each other we mm-hmm. we parent each kid individually different mm. but yeah i just i think the little souls coming in now with the way the world is changing with mm-hmm. like the technology and all the information we have and they're different kids i just i look at my kids and i was not like that at 8 I was not brave like like mm. my kids are brave. And it has nothing to do with us as their parents. It's like they came here that way. Mm-hmm. And then even our neighbor kids, they're wild and like but smarter than I ever was. Mm. Like there's something coming. And, and the, the new souls coming in are proof to me that they're wise beyond their years. I love that. Well, and what we talked about on your podcast is like – we went through a process and you mentioned about how like if you could choose like what to program into yourself mm-hmm. is to not like believe the things that you learned that weren't you believe that your stories matter yeah yeah well like as as far as like because like what i'm hearing you saying which is really cool is you're doing exactly that that you are like nourishing like the natural soul of them uh-huh. of like their gift and their purpose instead of like, of course you're human and like every parent's going to mess up every kid in some fashion. Right. But like really just like nourish like their uniqueness instead of trying to put on like a template or a belief or a way of life that isn't for them. Yeah. And it's scary because sometimes a template yeah. sounds nice. Like, give me a plug and play. <laughs> yeah. Someone give me an instruction manual. Uh-huh. I'll just do that. That that sounds nice. But yeah, I just knew it would not mm. work for us. And it it wouldn't. I've tried it with my kids when I'm like stressed out. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> throw my, my spiritual huh. woo-woo way out the mm. window. You have chores. You have a schedule. You have this. Mm. Everyone just like loses their shit. <laughs> It is not, our family does not That's run funny. that way. But yeah, I've tried it because I'm like, maybe this isn't working for me. I'm I'm always open to like trial and error, testing mm-hmm. new ways out. And especially when they are growing as we're growing. Like what worked for me at 24 does not work for me at 33. What worked for mm-hmm. Remy at nine does did not work for her at six. Mm-hmm. And and so it's always like I'm just constantly adapting. And I I never think I have it all figured out because I don't. Yep. And I say that to them all the time. All the time. <laughs> and they, they're they the, the coolest little kids. But do you want to hear about the, the Aussie moment in the back? Yes. That was when I had the craziest confirmation of my life that that we make a little soul contract with these mm-hmm. babies in the wherever we come from, that that it really is a mutual love and even though I'm older than them, I'm their mother, that our souls are like right here, right? Maybe they're up here. Maybe they're above me. But I was, it was three years ago, almost four years ago. And I was in the thick of it. Like I was telling you really in my process of Mm -hmm. deciding what is mine, what is for me, what is not for me. And it's the junk drawer scenario. Mm -hmm. Life gets messier before it got better. And it was in a messy, messy point. And I had been getting really deep into meditation. And and I talked about this in one of my episodes, but I could feel inside myself that something was coming. I was on the cusp. I have a journal entry that's like, I am on the brink. I am on the cusp. Something is coming and I don't know what it is. 
And it was almost like infuriating. All right, y'all, before you hear the incredible, enthralling rest of Wes's story, I want to tell you about the new men's program I have coming up. It is called Master Your Fear of Masculinity, and it is live right now. So if you are a conscious, if you are a man wanting to become and remember the incredible, powerful soul that you are, this is for you. This is a year-long program for conscious men to really, ooh, like, I can't wait for it. This is for you if you are ready to decondition a lifetime of programming of what a man is supposed to be. If you are ready to become the confident, inspiring man you were born to be. If you are avoiding difficult conversations in relationships and just hoping that they fix themselves. If you are insecure in your job or relationship. If you have lost your voice your identity or direction, if you are searching for meaning beyond a profession, beyond a paycheck, if you are uncomfortable asking for help and trying to do it all on your own, if you are lacking intimacy and think emotions are weakness, this is for you. This is an incredible year-long program with just powerful men. I'm so excited for this. If this sounds like you, then I urge you, if you feel that call, answer it. Go to the link in the description, in the show notes, click that link, check out the deets, go apply, and then schedule your complimentary call so we can go ever go over everything because this journey, y'all, is going to be incredible. I'm so excited. We have tons of mentors. Go click that link. Go check it out. And if you know an important man in your life, if you if there's a man that you love that you feel like they'd be a great fit, send this to them as well. You can send send them the link, send them the podcast, send them social media because we're discussing it and we are going to redefine masculinity. We are going to step into and also redefine femininity as well. But anyway, go check out the link because this is going to be dope. All right, y'all, back to Wes's story. Let's go. Because mm. I was like, what is this? I feel this thing. It's, it's coming. It's happening. I feel it calling to me. I don't know what it is. Is it big? Is it small? Is it about my kids? Is it about my husband? But um, it was after Thanksgiving, and we had had a bunch of family in town. And I, like I told you, like, I'm a hermit. I, mm-hmm. I thrive in alone time. So it was like a lot of company. They finally left. And I was like, I am going to, to chill in the bath, and I'm going to meditate. And mm. I got into the bath this day, and... There was one moment I remember sticking my toe into the water (laughs) and this knowing came to me and I was like, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm not going to do my bells and whistles. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to do all the things, all the breathing. Today, I'm just going to get into the bath and I'm going to meditate. And the second I did that, I got into the bath, I laid down and I felt I had a full on spontaneous kundalini awakening. Do you think that your listeners know what that is? Should I tell them? Yeah, tell them. (laughs) And tell me. Because I I know, but I don't fully know. So I did not know what it was in the moment. I've since learned after the fact, but I thought I went balls to the walls crazy. I thought <laughs> I went absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. So so I sat into the bath and immediately I felt heat in my hands, like physical heat, like and electricity. That was, it was like immediate. Immediately. There was, was no crazy. slow roll into this. It was happening whether I liked it or not. Like huh. that's what was being told me. Like you no longer have a choice. This is happening to you. Like, get down. So I felt, get down, get down. <laughs> listen up. So I felt energy in my hands and just words that were in my head mm. that were not mine and they were not th- thinking thoughts I had. They were downloads. And this was my first experience with a, with a download, meaning mm. that a thought or knowing came into my mind that was not mine. I believe it's from source. Mm-hmm. And it was, you are powerful, more powerful than you know, because at that specific time in my life, I felt powerless. Mm very powerless. I felt like I didn't have control over my life. I felt like I didn't have a say. So you are powerful, more powerful than you know. And then I sat up as t- as 
straight as a person can sit up and I hunch. I'm like always in the fetal position. So this is unusual for me. Uh-huh. And the minute I sat up, I felt energy as if it was a bottle rocket. It felt like it was in my, from the base of my spine, uh-huh. shoot up through my chest. It kind of stopped at my like throat, like my heart throat center. Uh-huh. And it almost like built up as if it like, imagine a bottle rocket going off and then like it hitting a glass ceiling, but it was still trying to reach up. And I was hmm. like, what the hell is happening? And I felt something give and it shot up through my, through my throat, uh-huh. through my crown and sparks coming out of my head this sounds crazy i know i know, I know. and this are you envisioning this it's uh, my eyes are closed but i am seeing it in okay. my mind's eye clear as day and i have to say nothing like this has ever happened to me obviously prior or since mm. unless i was on ayahuasca so <laughs> like that this was i was sober mm. in my bathtub people so sparks are shooting out of my head and i am the sparks form a crown and it is placed on my head and so my ego comes up and i'm like oh, i got a crown i'm like the queen of something like look at this crown it's so dope it's mine and immediately i was let known like oh no 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 this is this is not yours this is the this is everybody's yes this is every like you are you have the power the crown was like significant to like your own individual like your highest self your power mm. you are worthy you are deserving and it's not yours this is everybody's I love that. just take it and it was it was probably an hour and a half of the most beautiful experience of my life. Like tears were just coming mm-hmm. down my my face. I was receiving like insights and I felt like knowledge. And all of a sudden, my little boy, who was two at the time, two or three, he he came in, and I could feel him come in. But I didn't even want to open my eyes. I would not like break from mm-hmm. this moment. I could feel him come in. He took off his own little diaper, <laughs> got into the water. And I, and this is so not my son, because my son is wild, wild beyond wild, just a Mm. free-spirited little boy. He just quietly sat on my lap and did not say a peep, and he just rested, like put his head back on my chest. And Mm. I just felt his little arms and his little shoulders and his little ears. I remember going up his little ears and Mm. just connecting with his soul. Like his his adult, ageless, his essence, who he is, who he was before, who he's going to be. And I was like, oh, we know we came here. Like we're here together. We're doing this thing. I'm your mother, but we're equal. And it changed me. There is, I I don't think you can have an experience like that and not be completely changed, but I've never mothered my kids the same since. Mm. Not a day. We're equal. Man, I love that. It's wild. Yeah, that just like brings like a reverence. Mm-hmm. That really is like. Yeah, it was special. I remind myself of it often because I'm like, that was unique. You should mm-hmm. be grateful for that. I am grateful for that. It was it was crazy. And I love the idea about the crown. Um, that's really cool. Just because it's because, yes, you are a queen and it's but everyone is. Mm hmm. Right. And it goes back to even what we said before about like money or abundance. It's like it's literally endless. Like it's not it's not even a thing. It's not even a question. And that's why I love about the crown. It's like, no, like this is everyone's. Mm -hmm. There aren't chosen people or not chosen people. Mm -hmm. It's just what we choose to do with our life. (sighs) Yeah. And like, but we're all chosen. Like that's literally why we're here because we chose to be here. Mm -hmm. It was a trip. I was not normal after that for a minute. <laughs> Can you imagine that phone call I had to make to my before, husband? <laughs> I was like, uh, bronze, 
Something just <laughs> happened to me, and he's like, "Whoa, cool!" Like, he, like, how do you how do you even respond to that story? You're like, "Whoa, cool! Gotta go to work!" Like, it's just <laughs> the oddest mm. experience ever. But yeah, man. I, but yeah, it happened. It happened. What is you mentioned earlier that you're really proud of yourself for? Was it being a mom? Like how? Yeah. And and how you responded? Like how you were a mom when you were like 26 and going through rock bottom? What else are you proud of yourself for? I'll be honest with you at the sake of sounding totally conceited. (laughs) Do it. (laughs) I am like, I'm just proud of everything. Mm. I am proud of the way I showed up in life. Like my life wasn't easy and it was cushy and nice. But even with all the material items I ever needed and and parents who loved and adored me, there was struggle and, and I'm not different than anybody else. Like there were unique struggles to my life. And and looking back, hindsight is twenty twenty because there's so many instances where I see that I could have made a different choice that would have negatively impacted my life. Mm. And throughout the struggles, I always, I made so many mistakes, so many, countless mistakes, but I always erred on the side of kindness mm. and compassion and empathy, even with myself. And I always cared about others. And... I never got mean. I never got mean. Even to Bronson when I hated Bronson. <laughs> I hated him. I uh-huh. hated You know what I hated? What? I didn't hate him. I hated that I still loved him when I wanted to hate him. Oof. I but I couldn't I couldn't even be mean to him then like and I look back at my at my past and my my history and my story, the story I even tell myself like I showed up in kindness in all of it. And I think that at the end of the day, I, that's, I'm really, really, really proud of that. I never went low. I always went high. Shout out Michelle Obama. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Well, what else is, what else is on your heart right now? Like, what are you feeling compelled to share as we close? I'm, I, I think in this last 10 months of me starting this thing and and getting experiences with you, like Mm -hmm. just, it started because I was willing to share my story mm. and it seemed simple and, and not even important and it, and kind of like no one would care and maybe a lot of people don't, but I'm really realizing the importance and the impact of the stories, the story you tell yourself, yeah. the story you share with the world, the story you can create, mm-hmm. like the future stories you're telling yourself, like, I, you hear it and it's stupid and it's an Instagram meme, but like (laughs) the stories you tell yourself, they matter. Mm -hmm. They matter to your children. They matter to your family. They matter to yourself. They matter to people you don't even know. There's people in India that listen to the show. They matter. Mm -hmm. And I, I heard it. I kind of bought into it. I like stories, but I never knew the impact of sharing, of what sharing your story can actually do for, for yourself and Mm -hmm. for others. And I am just such an advocate for writing it out write it out maybe no one will read it until you're dead Mm -hmm. or maybe you want to come on a podcast and share it maybe write a facebook post like Mm -hmm. your story your truth even if it's not figured out and even if it's messy it matters and it is powerful it's powerful for you to to share it it's healing for you to share it and and the ripple effect you don't know where it can go and and it has truly the power to change your life. Hmm. Well, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing your story. 
You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Not just now, of course now, but in general. Um, and thank you for like, thank you for like hanging, like hanging in there. Um, and we're all normal, but we're also all not normal. We're all a bunch of weirdos. Right. And that's like you. Yeah. You said you weren't normal after that, like that bathtub experience, but I, uh, you weren't normal before. And so, <laughs> well, yeah. I wasn't. You're right. You're 100% right. <laughs> and so, yeah, just like you're definitely, yeah, just a unique, special human. So like, thank you for uh, having, like holding this space to have a wonderful conversation. I truly appreciate you. Oh, thanks, Ben. And mm-hmm. I like, I see what you're doing. I think it is so important. The conversations that you're starting, that you're having with people, the growth, like even for me, just binging your episodes in the last week and a half, I'm like, okay, like I'm learning a lot. <laughs> it's really valuable. I'm uh-huh. telling you. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, All right. Really. All right. We out of here. We out of here. Thanks for listening, guys. Woo! Actually, no, shoot. Where where can they find you? Oh, we, yeah. have, we have to <laughs> we have to make sure We gotta do the weird podcast do, stuff. Do y'all. the thing. We gotta do the thing. Okay, so I am Wake Up with Wesley on Instagram mm-hmm. and my podcast is called Wake Up with Wesley. You'll find it. Easy. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. And now we're officially gone. Peace and love, my friends. Peace and love. All right, y'all. You know what to do. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you rate and review on Apple Podcasts. If you love this episode, if you have gotten any value from it, if you feel like your paradigm has shifted and your world is begin anew, <laughs> make sure you leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It means the world. It, hit, it helps the show get recognized. It helps the show get recommended on the algorithm. So leave a review. Subscribe if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. And share it with um, your community on Instagram. Tag me and Wes. And make sure you check out the description so you can follow Wes and check out her podcast, Wake Up With Wesley. It's incredible. Thank you so much for listening. You guys are also incredible. I love you. I believe in you. Adios.